Kid, I've been roasting that hog all day on It's been driving me mental, that smell, oh. the crackling, the popping. Oh, mm. So the sun's gone down now in October, so I've got the fire going on the beach. Oh. So what I need to do now, me and you, let's have a little wander down there. And let's have some of that lovely roast. Carve it up, our kid. Carve it up, Skipper. Wait a minute. Where's, where's the hog gone? Give up. Give the up. Gone. What have you fucking done with it? I, I am. You're getting hungry. I had eaten it. I couldn't fit all that in. My belly's big, but not that fucking <laughs> big. <laughs> Oh man, I'm absolutely good. I'm absolutely starving. Where the fuck is it though? Seagulls had it or somewhere. No, there's drag marks, our kid. Well, let's get behind it. Let's get our hog rose oh, back. It's, dra- it's not. It's leading into the sea. What? Something's had our fucking oh, hog. Oh man, that ain't dolphins. right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know. Mm, I've hoped the dirty bastard. <laughs> they'd fuck it, they'd eat it, wouldn't they? <laughs> they'd be dry humping it down there as we speak. I'm mortified. Oh, my belly's well hungry. Oh, you know what it's going to be, don't you? Fish. Fucky fish fingers. Yeah, well, could I be worse, it. could it? <laughs> <laughs> Cracker pack, well, The good thing is, you see, what I've actually got in the back there, you know, mm. the big chest freezer. Oh, yeah. Is ever, I've got one fish finger. Size of a pig? No way! <laughs> get that on crackling <laughs> and a popping. Well, let's get that. What we'll do? Is we'll, we'll, we'll have a we'll have a fish finger roast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll carve that. Up. But while that's cooking, we've got to be doing something else, don't mm, we? What could we do? I know, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been casting? Have <laughs> you been casting? <laughs> because this is Crack and Cove, the podcast that shines a beacon on the bazaar. And I'm Matt. I'm the Benny. And both of us work here at Crack and Cove Lighthouse, and we use our magical beam <laughs> to beam the, the light out onto all sorts of mysteries, strange stories, funny shit, weird things, anything yeah. like that. Who knows what's in the pot today? But what we're going to do, we're going to share these things with you because this is spooky season. It's October. It's Halloween. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't here last week. We were. Uh, we've been trying to do fortnightly if we can, um, which we're sort of succeeding with. Yeah, we're doing well so far. Well, well done, we'll, Skip. We are going to be. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be here for you for uh, Halloween, and where we're going to do that, we're not going to be uh, outputting the show on the Friday as we normally do. Halloween's on. Is it on a Monday? It's on a Monday. It's Ooh. on a Monday. So we're going to be putting the show out on the Monday. So yeah, don't Halloween think night itself. Yeah, that's it. So you can get yourself cosy. And remember, uh, we've already had some um, some input from stories locally. Oh, nice, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've got a couple of stories coming. Oh, in, beautiful! So, thanks, yeah. guys. Get yeah. some more. Yeah, Send some more. Rich, in. thanks very much, mate. Thanks for that. And um, so we've got yeah, we've got a couple of those going on local oh, things, and they're not so local. Some of them. So yeah, mm. hopefully we get we can get back. We can harvest plenty of stories yeah, for yeah. Uh, your listening pleasure. Oh, definitely. So yeah. So if you want to contribute, you can contribute. Um, the email is crackandcovepodcast at gmail.com or it can be at Twitter where at crackandcove and Instagram is crackandcovepod and as we said so before on Facebook you can always just tap in crackandcove and you will find us you yeah. know? and so like you say even if you want to send us a, a little message on Insta that's a, that's a good way of getting in touch uh, anything like that but just pass on your stories yeah pretty, get pretty some cool. spooky stories sent yeah that we like that so what that's what we're going to do so for now ourselves we're going to get Cracking. Yeah, got a fish finger on first, that kid. <laughs> <laughs>
all getting into spooky stuff. We've got always got a bit of housekeeping to do, you know. Oh I mean? yes. You know, I, I, I've got a really sad story. Have you? I've got one to tidy up afterwards. Afterwards, actually. Have Go you? on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bit of a mistake I made a while ago, and I just popped into bed like, oh shit. <laughs> So do mine first. Yeah, go on. You remember, I remember about someone who really loved cheese before, and like the first taste of cheese is like divine, and it's like melted cheese is madness. You know, it's just like the ultimate. Oh, yeah. It won uh, the man talking about cheese. It was like a Chinese thing about tea. <laughs> so when you drink your first sip of tea, it's like divine, and then it gets like crazy levels when you have your third sip. But I, I don't know what you even mean. Yeah, I said it on another show. It popped into my head a while ago. I thought, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm talking about cheese and it should have been tea. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's my my house tidy, I right. Well, there you go. I'm really glad you put that one to bed. Yep. The fact you can't tell the difference between cheese and tea. <laughs> <laughs> there he is with his lovely hot cup of cheese. Yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah. Fondue. See you too. Anyway. Yes. Sad news. What? The sweeping beams of Flamborough Lighthouse have been replaced by static LED lights. Oh, what? You're joking. No. So they don't no, sweep, I, they just fucking they just fucking burn out. Bla- blip there, yeah. Oh, so it's going to be shooting out, it'll never come to land again, will it? Because there's no point in shoot, you know, it turning around to land, it'll be just LEDs out to sea, oh, won't so it? So the sweeping beams of Flamborough Lighthouse have long been part of its allure, which is yeah. told to us by Alexandra Wood from the Yorkshire Post. So, but following the own upgrade by uh, the owner Trinity House. Now, Trinity House are an amazing company. They've been around yeah. for sort of hundreds of years. They're the all ones right. who they're the ones who sort of sort out all the lighthouse stuff yeah, and all that yeah. sort of thing, right? And we'll do a little bit of thing on lighthouses soon. I think. You know, yeah. It's threatening to do that. So the mains and standby navigation lights have been replaced by static flashing LED lanterns. Oh no! Now the old system. Do you know how they used to get that lovely sweep to the light? Yeah, I thought it was just turning like some motor system inside. Well, that's it. Kind of is in a little way, but you've got to think how old the systems were that sort of like create that rotation. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not just it's not just like a motor with um, a sort of like a stick sticking up with a light on the yeah, end rotating. Yeah. Now they can't do that. It doesn't right. work right. Ooh. The old systems. What they had is a thing called a Fresnel lens. <laughs> right, and a Fresnel lens is is like a multifaceted. Um, a lot of people see this. It's it's incredibly well designed. I think it was a, a physician who did it right. to get the maximum use and spread of light to concentrate the light of the beam, the, the beam of light. And of course, the power back then they, they couldn't get mega strong lights. Yeah. It just wasn't possible. They needed to lenses that would, you know, enlarge the beam and yeah, fire yeah. it out. So these lenses. Even to have one lens, one of these lenses made now, remade, is a million pounds. Oh, Jesus! It's a million wow. pounds. Wow, made of glass then. Yeah, but nobody, nobody's making them anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they are the made, it's like a special super quality glass. Wow. And what they needed, they needed to have something that would rotate, but still be allowed to pass an electric current through it so that you could access it with the light of the light. Yeah. So that it, would, it was floated on a bath of mercury. Whoa! So that is how wow. these massive lenses were a massive bath of mercury. Floated on a bath of yeah. mercury. That's insane. And the weird isn't thing it? is, you should know this because yeah. that's how cracking coal works. <laughs> I wondered what it was. I'll do a liquid cheese. You, you, do, you do the polishing, then I do the. Yeah. Uh, I work all that stuff, you know what I mean? But that's, that's how that works. And now. It says, it says since 1925, that's when the system's been running like that. So Flamborough's been on, on that bath of mercury since then? Well, it's the, the latest change is the fourth since the tower was built, right, by John Matson, right? What year do you think it was built, Flamborough Head? 
1836. 1806. Good, wow. good guess. Good, good guess. And its light source then was an oil burner, right? So plans submitted by the East Riding Council state, whilst there will be little perceptible change to the light's appearance as the mariner views it from a distance, will change the character of illumination at closer range as experienced by the general public. There will be no longer be a sweeping beam. Oh, remember in Caravan, you used to peek out windy and you used oh, to see it in that. No, you just, you oh. know. I'm actually reading a book at the moment that's, that's on the subject and it's called Looming Lights. Yeah. And it's about a guy, I might have mentioned it before on the last I show or something. I don't think so. And it, basically, this guy's, um, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a note of who, who the author is, I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head now. But he, it's him during the sort of 1920s and stuff, growing up as a young man and he, he went on the light ships. The so light ships. Yeah, well, what they'd often do is rather than having a permanent lighthouse out on the, mm. on a reef, they'd build a lighthouse on a ship wow. and moor it off 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 land, sort of wow, thing, right. really offshore. And there is actually a, 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 a light ship actually in the harbour of Hull. So if you go to yeah. Hull, you'll see a light ship there. But that's quite a good one. A lot of them are quite primitive. Yeah. yeah. And what they'd use is old sailing ships. They'd just yeah. go out, drag an old sailing ship out with a light on it. And, Anchor it up, and then they just have to have a crew manning it all the time. Wow, that's crazy! You know, this—that's this, a story. Of this guy doing this, and but of course, when you're out there, you, oh, it's foggy. You've got to turn the fog on. On. Uh, oh. You have to live like that every few minutes, all night long. God, and they're loud, aren't they? Loud, really loud. Know. But again. Hardest time time from was world, was during World War Two. Oh shit! That so, you know, yeah. <laughs> a big That's, light on it. Yeah. Well, this was happening all the time. God. But what they were finding is that the actual submarines weren't attacking the light ships. I think they set off there was a certain, certain grudging, like, "Well, we can't do that." Yeah. Mines kept coming unhitched. Ugh. So there was like they'd be sort of like sitting there on the boat and everything like that, you know, and. And suddenly they'd have lookouts out going, there's a mine coming, there's a mine coming. Oh so, my god. And, and loads of light ships were blown to swim smithereens, all crew on board killed. Oh, loads god. of this happened. And he was describing one time, he's watching this lovely sort of like battleship going past, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's seen it sailing, he's waving and everything. Next thing you boom, blows up, blows in half, all men lost. Oh god. Shit, like this was what, that from a mine or a submarine? I don't know. Don't know. He suspects oh, it was a mine, but you know what I mean. It's like one of those frightening, isn't it? Well, man, you know, you know, frightening. And it's and that was interesting. Sort of being on those light ships. I bet. But he mentioned then, you know, the the, the romance of that warm coloured beam sweeping out over yeah. the sea, sweeping back out to land. It's and of course, it didn't really, it didn't really have any use by sweeping across land. But it was a comfort to know the light was yeah, there yeah. For, for families of fishermen and, and people on the seas, knowing that that light was shining out for their partners. Oh, and then when yeah. that's, a, that's the lost thing on the coast. You're never going to see that again. Oh, that's such a shame. We should just turn it round a bit so we can not enjoy it. <laughs> turn it round a bit! <laughs> well, I don't know why they can't just make it sweep anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah I, think it, I think it's well, a really it is, sad it's, day. It's a fucking day, iconic kind of image, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it, I mean, to be fair as well with uh, with Kraken Cove, it was the, if, if you ever wanted to see what Kraken Cove looks like, all you need to look at is Flambrough Head. That's what yeah, that's what they're, they're very similar. Like. Well, we're not going to change how ours is going to keep it rotating. Well, you, you can't cast a bloody LED <laughs> out, can you? That's just don't work. <laughs> so no, we're going to be we're going to keep a sweeping beam for us. That's what yeah, we are. Like um, and and I think what we need to do is raise a, a glass of grog. Yeah, to yeah. the old sweeping beam of our childhood. Oh, no Flambrough. Oh, yeah, R.I.P. Oh, is it shit? Sad story. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
you see, technology sometimes it has to move on. You Does know? it? Well, <laughs> in a in a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> But it does. Because some people have some stupid ideas, don't they? You know yeah, I mean? very stupid. Look what the fucking state of this is smoking here. <laughs> I'm sorry, just because it's you sunlight. You're your vape, man. It's <laughs> I've just made a massive cloud in here. Oh, I do apologise. I've got asthma. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe deeply, Arky. Oh, God. Because sometimes they come up with a technological idea of, 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 oh, let's do this, shall we? Here's an yeah. idea, right? So what they've done is... Um, They've got a um, they've got a robotic arm, right? Cool. And it's wielding a machete. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So instead of flogging your cock or something useful, it's yeah. got a machete. <laughs> and the 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 brain that is controlling the machete, um, it's a house plant. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's some terrific bloody uh, nightmare. Ah, no, isn't it? So this is um, Anthony Cuth uh, Cuthbertson for The Independent wrote about this, right? It says, an inventor has created a machete-wielding robotic arm that is controlled by signals generated by a living plant. The first of its kind installation dubbed the plant machete. Oh, what imagination's got it that shit, you know what I mean? God. <laughs> Works by reading electrical noises from a common phylodendron houseplant through sensors attached to its leaves. Listen to its noises? Well, yeah, because what it is, it's they do create noises and um, well, electrical noises, and they are yeah. sort of like waves and impulses which are coming out. Now, so for example, if you were to sort of like, it, they do have defensive mechanisms to plants. Yeah. You know? So uh, that's what the smell of grass is when you are cutting a lawn. Yeah. We think it's lovely. It isn't. That's screaming chemical signals from those wow. plants under attack and terrified, and telling other plants that we are, you know, in danger. Dangerous. Shit. And this is why, as well, another thing is like house plants often. In bathrooms, you put a nice house plant in the bathroom, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and you think, oh, the moisture is going to be really good for it. And that. Well, house plants in bathrooms are super stre uh, stressed. Ah. The reason why they're stressed is because you're using lots of like nicely scented body washes and all that yeah. sort of stuff. More often than not, they smell like flowers. Oh my that, god, they? they're like, just thinking this is some murder room. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Because of, of the strength, the, the level of the scent that they use yeah. is of a standard which plants see as, a, as an alarm. Oh god. So, so it's just plant, a little plant there. Yeah, so they're sort of thinking they're doing it. It's like having you and plants sort of like somebody sort of thinking, oh, we're going to keep a Benny in here in a room full of screaming. Yeah. <laughs> some abattoir. Yeah, that's it. So that's the thing that's absolutely terrifying for plants. Oh. There, yeah. Unless you're using other scents, you know, different things. It's obviously certain scents won't trigger them. Crikey. But to be honest, you shouldn't be using heavily scented stuff anyway. It's not very good for you. Yeah, you know, I think it is a too perfume. You know, that's bad about grass because you're out at least it's such a nice smell. It's cut grass in yeah, it, no, and it's it. just the screams of green. Screams of green. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So the, what what I'd like to know is, is that it's so these sensors that are attached to the leaves, and when they're giving out sort of certain feelings. Oh yeah, well, absolutely. This is going back to a machete welding plant. Yeah. <laughs> These signals are then translated into real-time motion for the arm, allowing it to jab, slice, and swing the weapon in its grip. Jesus! <laughs> Why? Why? So David Bowen, is called, is the designer, right? <clears throat> Set up the plant machete as a demonstration of how a plant can act as a brain for a robot, allowing it to interact with the world in a way that would have been technologically impossible just a few years ago. The system uses an open-source microcontroller to read varying resistance signals along the plant's leaves, right? Using custom software, these signals are mapped in real time to the movements of the joints and the in industrial robot holding a machete. In this way, the movement of the machete are determined based on input from the plant. He hasn't said why a machete. 
It's odd, isn't it? Because I thought we were going to put like more plants in front of it, and he's going to like fucking start hacking away at other plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows? I mean, but basically, he's created plant warfare there somehow. I mean, you think that, that could all end in tears? So, if, for example, if somebody walks in front of them, oh, this is absolutely amazing, it gets the head whacked off by a machete-wielding robot. <laughs> plant. So, so uh, is the plant a murderer? Yeah, both the murderers, the plant and the scientist do. Yeah. Why? I don't get it, though. Why the machete? Why don't you just do, like, I don't know, play something on piano or something? Why do you yeah. Have... Well, these, I can't figure this either. And, and, and also, the other side of things is, that's his working days, he's called. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, an, you can imagine an artist doing it, and he'd be quite like, "Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> machete wielding plan. That's pretty yeah, good." Yeah, it's a statement, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But not a scientist. He gets, he's getting up in the morning. He's a doopy doopy doo, connect it all up, right? And uh, um, uh, Doctor David, uh, uh, what what are we going to put in the robot's hand? A machete. <laughs> and you're like, why that? Mm. Let's just have something nice. Do you know what he could do? A flashlight would have been all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get it useful. Maybe that's what he's been doing at the weekend. <laughs> Everybody leave the, the, the lab. I just want to see what this one can do. Yeah. Under his bed. And there he is getting fucking wanked off by a daffodil. <laughs> God, it just gets crazy, doesn't it? I yeah. just don't get the world. It's just not What's right. What's it coming to? Machete-wielding robots. Look at bloody picture. What is going sharp on? as fuck is that machete? It's not a rusty one from sort of like out at a shed. Yeah, that's a ridiculous picture. It looks like it'd all fall over. It's this tiny weedy little plant with this massive robotic arm and this massive Jason fucking machete. I know. Ah, oh, it's just madness. Madness! Madness! <laughs> fucking crazy. story I've been following at the moment, it's been across multiple platforms and things, is the sighting off the coast of Filey. Right? <laughs> of dolphins? Uh, of crocodiles. Crocodiles? Crocodiles. Well, people, people have been saying they think they've seen crocodiles in the water off the coast of Filey. So crocodiles or crocodile? Is it one or have they seen like... T- Three. At the same time? Yeah. What? <laughs> it's all going down in filing, isn't it? Is it? It's all Jesus. Off. Is it Space Dude that's doing no, it? No, it's not him that's doing it, Barry or whatever, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it won't Barry, yeah. But well, so what I want to do, I'm going to I'm going to put a link of this to this up in up to uh, up on Crack and Curve on our socials. Oh yeah, Friday we'll do this, right? Killer Crocs uh, or well, well, what are the chances? I mean, well, for a start. The water off the coast of Catfile is too cold for crocodiles. Yeah, it's and it's salty, so you need saltwater crocodiles, Which don't we? Yeah, so yeah. that's what it basically has yeah. to be of that sort. So, do you want to watch the footage? Yes, please. Right, here we go now. I'm going to shove any of the footage. Right. Here we go. Oh. Well, then he's looking. You can just see these forms sort of swimming out to sea. Oh, it's weird. Oh god, it does. They do look like fucking exactly. crocodiles. They look like Jesus. fucking crocodiles. Because look at tail. Then do you see tail come out? Yeah. Or what the fuck is that? I think it's some sort of crocodilian or a crocodilian. Yeah. 
<laughs> don't wind me up with these shit. That is a type of a, a, a crocodiles are crocodilians. There's, there's different right, types yeah, of yeah. gharials, so, alligators. There's garries. What? What do you mean? So I'm going to just get. I'm, I'm just going to get another piece of footage for you, which again we'll link. So, so I thought it could be like straight, you know, like some. It could be a log or something. You know what I mean? So we'll get this. This one's more of a close-up footage. Is this? Oh shit! They're crocodiles. Yeah. Wow! Big ass crocodiles. Oh, something very similar. What's similar to a crocodile? That's what I can't figure. Oh god, that's that's really now, good footage. This is almost been sort of just glossed over in the press, right? This footage, right? It's people have been laughing about it, saying, "Oh, we've seen crocodiles." Look, we go to Filey. This is the best cryptozoological film I've ever seen. Uh, apart from Bigfoot. <laughs> Apart from Big Suit. <laughs> but the, it's. God. So while you're listening, I'll just give a quick description of what you've seen. It's from a clip top filming with a mobile phone down onto the sea below. The sea below is dark blue. It's a good clear sea. Yeah, it's, it's not, not too s- choppy either. Yeah, it's there's like... a bit of a wave going on. But what you can see is two or three very, very large. Uh, what looked to be some sort of reptile or marine reptile. And their heads are kind of fully out of water. You yeah. can definitely see two of them. And then the bodies are coming up and down. And then the tails are flashing up as well. Yeah. You see the full it, fucking shape of a crocodile. You can see it, you can see its legs working the water. You can see it swimming properly. You can see it looks. It just looks like a fucking crocodile. It's even, you know, like when crocs swim, they've got like a bit of a wriggle going with yeah, the tail like, and all like the rest of it. a full body undulation going through, like a ripple going through the I'll entire trust, body. I'll like trust that, you yeah. on that. <laughs> well, that is exactly right. The, you know, you sort of, the, all the footage, all the, the actions are, to my mind, of a crocodile. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Oh, finally. Off the coast of Fanny. It's freaking freezing, is that sea? Well, the thing is, about the, these, they're actually swimming out to sea as yeah. well. Yeah. They seem right comfortable. It's not like thrashing around or no. trying to get back to shore or something like They've just been released. No, and these, to me as well, I, I'm now. I've been into wildlife and nature all my life, you know what I mean? I'm really into it. So I'm just going through the list of creatures that it could be. People, obviously, the first on the list you've got to think of is, is it a dolphin? Right? Yeah. It's not a dolphin. Definitely not a dolphin. It could be like uh, if you've fucked around with a dog a bit, a couple of dogs, and you like glue bits onto them and <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> fucked around with it? You're a lot of fucking rubbish shit on them, and that. Well, it's not that, though, is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the well, two graceful have got that wiggle, yeah, or whatever the, you the, called the, it. The, 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 the natural way that it's swimming through the water is just like a crocodile swimming it's through the water. And the speed of it's about the same, isn't it? They're not right yeah. hasty until they like yeah, lash out at you, and they're kind of slow and steady. Now, my thinking about it is, I'm so, unless it can be told otherwise, I'm thinking it's just an unknown creature, which, mm. is, which could... I, I, I mean, the fact they're swimming on the surface sort of suggests the need air, yeah, yeah. So where this thing would have come from, or what it might be, it's off the charts for me. What's that old? There's a right famous fossil found at Filey, wasn't there? It's like fucking um, one of them sea creaturey type things. Well, the plesiosaur was found there, and the ichthyosaur, which yeah. the ichthyosaur is a marine. Um, it, it, that's a marine dolphin, if you like. Right, yeah. it's, it's like it's a, or a dinosaur dolphin, if yeah. you want, for one of the better term. You know. It's not dinosaur. It doesn't look like a dinosaur dolphin, though, does it? It does look like a croc. Yeah, yeah it does look like a crocodile. Thing. Yeah, it, it, it basically looks like a little family of crocodiles sort of swimming along like that Whoa. quite happily. You know, it's just too bizarre. It's just too. And weird. I take it that is definitely filing. Someone just like gone on holiday 
Guerrero and Dark. Well, you've just pinged exactly what my, my next thought was. Yeah. They just, it, it, it say, is it saying it's finally? Is it the fact they've looked at footage and said, oh, we were away in Indonesia and yeah. we saw these, these sort of like crocodiles swimming off the coast? Mm. And they go, bloody hell, it looks like finally. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is the only thing I can think of. And is it just that one footage? Has anybody else seen I, I it? I believe there's two sets of footage. That's wow. the thing. And I hear there's other witnesses. Crikey! Fucking crocodile! Yeah, but no, nobody's going on about this. Should be going, people should be going mad Absolutely. about this. One. We're all like, we don't give a shit anymore yeah. about anything. There were UFOs, oh no, whatever. No, you know what I mean? There's also been uh, this. I think it was last week. Really good footage of um, a, a black panther in a field gnawing what? on a sheep carcass. No way! Yeah, yeah, way. That's, wow. that's also come forward. I'll, I'll put that when I can. I've got to dig that that footage out. Oh, in fact, hang on. Yeah. I might have the footage here. So. Ben is now looking at what could be the panther footage and looks like a black panther crouched over a sheep. But the size is right. Oh god. I should see the sheep behind it. Yeah. Look at what the hell is that? It's fucking massive, isn't it? Oh uh, it is, it's like you see it's head bent down knowing at it. Yeah. Full black panther? And this is what's getting me, is the fact that we've, we've finally got footage right, of some weird, sort of amazing sea beast yeah, of some yeah. sort, which is, it could be up there with the Loch Ness Monster, you know, it could be, this could be your marine reptile everybody's been looking for, you know, <laughs> we've finally got footage of what could be the best footage of a Black Panther feeding in a field, right? I mean, you then. never get that, you normally get a still, don't you, of the yeah. Black Panther, you don't really get moving, but properly chomping the, down on chomp, a sheep. Chomping down on it. Jesus. And, it's, it, and, and, and so why, why are people screaming from the rooftops that suddenly things are happening, it's, you know? It's crypto chaos and no one's <laughs> in the fucking said all. Oh, wait a minute, I've just realised... <gasps> Hog roast! My god. Crocodile! Crocodiles have got it! Oh my god, this they could be all round it. Panther? They could be joined together, couldn't they? They could be in league. Of <laughs> <laughs> extraordinary animals. So what we need, everyone, is to keep your bloody eyes peeled. Wow. Get your camera get your cameras out on your phones whenever you see something weird and get it get it sent to crack and coke, because yeah, I think it's happening. Is it? Oh, is it yeah, kicking? Yeah, is it kicking now. off? Yeah, that, it was end of times, that Almost, um, I'm almost nervous to ask you about this word, but uh, have you ever heard of uh, a thing as being a Claire audience? A Claire audience? Yeah. No, Claire audience. Claire audience. Yeah. No, never fucking heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of that skip. <laughs> An audience with Claire. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I was waiting for you. I <laughs> wrote it down already. Uh, yeah. But apparently, see, there's a thing being called Claire audience. Right. You know where you're clairvoyant? Oh, yeah. Where this is clairaudient, where you're hearing stuff oh. from the past or the future, it says. So this person is saying, right, it's, it's, a, it's a form of psychic power. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so this person is saying, I'm super empathetic, super sensitive, and super psychic, which I feel very liberated to say now. I was a bit in the closet about being psychic, but I'm very clairvoyant, and I can see things in the future. Wow. He says he's clairaudient, he's meaning he can hear people from the past and the future, right? 
He explained, my ears ring off like crazy. And now there's a guide or some ancestor trying to come through. And I'm tuning into it. So Craig David, 41, claims that... No! <laughs> Craig, Craig David! <laughs> yes! Oh, he's gone mad! Claims he's clairaudient, right? And apparently he's had a, he's had a bad back, right, apparently, for a bit, which is... Well, carrying that piss background with him. <laughs> <laughs> And K's. <laughs> but Pally's been on uh, Fern Cotton's Happy Place podcast, and this is where he's come out with these fucking revelations. Whoa, and he's making that whole term up. Craig David. That is. What? So, he's, so, so, in a nutshell, Craig David thinks he can hear spirit guides telling him things from the past and the future and people from the past and the future. Oh, I suppose that's an old scam. Derek, Derek had Sam, didn't he? Yeah, you know Derek what I mean? Cole, yeah, yeah. He, had, he the, had his the, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's monkey. Did he have a monkey? Oh, yeah, it's the funniest one ever. Oh, that? I ain't seen that. This is a, 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 whenever we... He, he's, he's claiming, right? It's Derek Akora's claiming that... Um, let's play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one with dog's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the dog goes... Whoa! Oh, was amazing. It, it, it was, I've never known a man more full of shit in yeah, his yeah. life than Derek Akari. <laughs> I, I, I won't be able to look myself in the mirror. You'd be nervous when you think of the no now. The yeah. no, the no, the truth. You'd for audience just to sort of like call out from back at the thing going, fuck off, Derek. <laughs> yeah, get off, take your monkey and do one. <laughs> Jesus. Going back to the Craig, I don't know, having that one. So he, that's weird, is that? Yeah. Has he got any proof? Has he, has he heard the future then? He's not come up with anything sort of like proof as in to say like right or you know the you know three fifteen at Chepstow sort of yeah, like you know yeah. lavender bandits gonna yeah. come running in at sort of like ten to one. He's not come up with anything decent. But he's just, he's saying, just saying I'm hearing voices from the past and the future. Well I can smell the fucking future, you know what can I do with that? Can I just start making that up? <laughs> what can you smell? <laughs> Sheets. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the future, but well, it could be. Maybe my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> your shitty shoes. Walking, walking your shitty shoes. Why are your shoes so shiny? <laughs> Why are your shoes so shitty? <laughs> no, that's mad as well, isn't it? Craig yeah. David. Uh, where did he come from? Where's he been? Well, he's, he's having a bit of a comeback, is Craig David, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's having uh, a bit of a renaissance of Craig David. He, did, he only did one song anyway, didn't he, really? Yeah, he, did, yeah, he did a few, yeah, won, won quite a few Grammys and I things like that. I think if you weren't yeah. for Keith Lemon, you would have been forgotten years ago, would it? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think Keith Lemon's reminded everybody how great Craig <laughs> David was. That it? must have been a, an absolute break of his career, though. You know, you're just getting someone that, you know, really digging into you like that, full <laughs> of 
character about you in that. It's so wrong and weird. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a piss of that. You're thinking you're cool and they're like, oh, don't do... Oh, don't... A piss... Oh, what's we... Bert? Oh, You just get us everything about it. It's just awful. <laughs> just get a normal job, wouldn't you? Back it. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. So if you need to find out what's happening in the future, what's happening in the past, yeah. just have a word uh, with Craig David. Well, he it? knows already, doesn't he? Yeah, Fucking hell. He's it. <laughs> <laughs> heard it all before. He's <laughs> heard it all before. Pelly. <laughs> <laughs> Story. I've been a bit obsessed with for quite a while. This one. It's a classic. Actually. Oh, it's juicy. Now I'm not. You know, we could we could actually go do a deep dive into this particular story, but I'm, I think I think there's enough podcasts out there which have already d- yeah, d- dived deep. deep into it, right? Yeah. But, but because it's spooky season, mm. I thought the way we're going to do it, we're just going to have like a bit of a lead on from this. Yeah, one, a little wet your beak yeah. on it. Exactly. So 18th of April 1943, right? There's four lads out playing in the woods. Yeah. And they're out birds nesting and carrying on like that, you know what I mean? And you're sort of like, so, so what the, you know, you know birds nesting. <laughs> I thought it was sexual or something. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what are they doing it with each other? Uh, yeah, Touch pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, well, it's literally climbing up trees to look for birds then. All right. What do yeah. you do with them then? Well, what kids Smash them all somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds shit. Well, kids used to collect bird's eggs for some reason. Oh, right. It was sort of seen as a legitimate hobby. I suppose you've got no else to do. They don't, don't really don't tell him about <laughs> <laughs> So what they used to do, they used to collect the eggs, put a pin at the bottom of it, blow or suck all the egg out, oh. right? and then they'd clean the egg. Then they'd just collect that egg. All right. And a lot of bird watchers back in the day used to do it, so they'd yeah, sort of like one of each. Kestrel, like, yeah, one yeah. of each. Yeah, Fucking kestrel, that's well tight. The animals, they pushed birds to extinction by doing oh, this. Oh, man. The weird thing is now there's still blokes doing it, and it's always blokes, oh. who they can't give the hobby up. You know what I mean? They did it as a kid, you know. These are always, always older guys. Yeah, now, yeah. They did it as a kid, and they can't stop collecting. And they're still going to places. This is why I say, like, for, if there's an osprey nesting, they can't tell people where that is, osprey is Because I'm not bad. Because some dickhead will turn up and try and get one of eggs. Man, I'd check him out a tree if I saw oh, him. Oh, I think, up I a tree. Like, yeah. <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> 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 twigs in with that. <laughs> get a brick or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, get a different, just get kite somewhat different. Yeah, it's not take a photo of them, climb up tree, and take a photograph of it. You don't have yeah. to like kill well, them. Well, don't think it's a good idea to climb up tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I think it's just from a big telephoto lens. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know what yeah. I mean? But no, you get can't a drone. Do it. Yeah, get can't, a fucking can't drone. Do it. I'm not sure that's legit. Scaring <laughs> 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 shit out of birds yeah. and that. <laughs> oh, I just want a photo of it. Crashes it in the nest. <laughs> oh, Bits of chicken in going all over the shop. <laughs> Wing flying off. <laughs> <laughs> so these, anyway, get, let's get back to the yeah, story. Yeah, shit, sorry. <laughs> so these four lads, right? Robert Hart, Thomas Willits, Bob Farmer, and Fred Paint, right? They're actually on the, the uh, Hagley. Sorry, Fred Paint. Fred Payne. All right, sorry, carry on. Yeah. I think Fred Paint. I thought you can't wait. Talking about pain. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, crack on. <laughs> they're in Hagley Wood, right? Which is part of the Hagley estate belonging to Lord Cobham. Right near Witchbury Hill. 
Right. Right. Now, because they're on that land, they're actually poaching. They shouldn't have been oh, on that. Right. They're all being a bit naughty, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But I like these lads. They've got a bit, yeah. bit of him about them, you know. So they're at Witchbury Hill, and when they came across the lads, Witch Elm. Mm -hmm. Right, now Witch Elm of this is, is a type of elm, though. What it was popularly what's called coppiced at the time, right? Now, the weird thing about coppicing a tree is what you do, you cut it in a particular way, the branches off, and they grow from the base rather than from a set trunk a lot All of the time, right. right? Or you can cut the trunk a little bit lower, and then lots and lots and lots of branches sort of come off of it, and you can use those thin branches for things like fencing. I think I've seen yeah. them. The, the, the trunks are coming out of the ground nearly. It's a very than... heavily coppiced tree, really. Yeah, but yeah. So, some aren't. Some have got a proper big big sort of um, uh, a trunk still. Ah. You can coppice at any level on a tree. And that is just to make small sticks for some Yeah, that's oh, right. That's yeah, it's called coppicing. But what they've found is if you coppice a tree, this, this tree is alive now that theoretically will be thousands of years old wow. because it's been coppiced. Like bonsai down to Yeah, the, that's uh, it. You know, and they can live almost infinitely because wow. of this they've found. You know, but you've got to keep up to it. You've got yeah, to keep, yeah. keep up the practice, you know. So this was a large coppiced witch elm. So thinking the location to be a particularly good place for bird's nest, right? One of the lads, farmer, tried to climb the tree to investigate. And when he looked in, right, he thought, bingo. He could see the white glint sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. He could see an egg, so he thought, well, this is brilliant, right? Reaches in eventually, grabs stuff to get it out, oits it out. It's a human skull. God, I've read some about this years ago. This. Yeah, it's yeah. a very old one, is this? It's been quite a few podcasts and stuff like that, right? And at first he sort of thought to himself, oh, well, it's a skull of an animal or something, yeah. something like that. Then he turns it around, it's not. It's a human skull. Wow. It's got hair and still attached. Chompers I and mean? air. Now, because he'd already been there illegally, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. They thought, what the fuck am I going to do with this? You know what I mean? So what he did was he, he, he told his mates, and they, they all agreed, and they got part of the fab fabric attached to it, so like yeah. a bit of cloth as well. They actually ran the fabric into the skull's mouth, yeah. right, and left a dangling length of it and lowered the skull gently back in, right? Yeah. And they just agreed among themselves, look, let's not talk of this, you know, because wow. we're, all, we're naughty, we shouldn't have been on this yeah, estate, we should yeah. have been at school, we're playing, playing truant kind of thing. So they went all went off home. But the youngest of the, of the lot, right, he just couldn't hold it anymore. So <laughs> Willits. He just felt uneasy and he just had to spill the beans with all his parents. So then what happened is the police turned up and they sort of investigated and saw that yes, there's a skull inside. And they realised as well that the only way that they're going to actually get this sorted out, they had to cut the tree down. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a bit of a shame, but it's one of those things, cut this tree down, right? open it up. And inside they found an almost complete skeleton with a shoe, a gold wedding ring and some fragments of clothing. Now, the skull was valuable evidence in that he still had some tufts of hair and a clear dental pattern despite some missing teeth. But then they realised he was missing a hand. Oh, right. Yeah. And they found the hand buried nearby. Shit, so someone took the time to get, throw the body in there, chop an hand off, bury it. Yeah, that's it. But what they had, so what they did then, they had one of the best forensic examiners at the time, right, was one James Webster, right? And he knew his shit, right? Yeah, yeah, he really yeah. did know his stuff, right? And he realised that the um, that the body had been dead for at least eighteen months. It was not a, oh, it's, it's more fresh. a fresh one, right? And eventually, through sort of deduction and various investigations, he found out that he placed the time of death in or before October nineteen forty-one, right? So that was sort of like maybe it's about two years earlier. Mm. That's all it is, right? And discovered that it was a female body. Yeah. Um, and he had discovered this section of taffeta stuck in the mouth, but they later found out why the cloth was stuck in the mouth. Yeah, you the know, kids did it. What do you call it? Taffeta. Taffeta, it's a taffeta material. Right, yeah, yeah. It's just a taffeta material. 
and they sort of measured the trunk of the tree, right, in which the body was discovered, and they also dis deduced that it must have been placed in there while it was still warm after the killing. The body was still warm. Yeah, body was still warm. Yeah. And the reason they know this is because there's no way if it had rigor mortis, the body would have uh, slipped in. Yeah. So it was in there warm, so it had a previous death. Or when it was placed there, it might not have been dead at all. Yeah. So from the items on the body, right, the police could tell what she, uh, what the woman looked like. So like, um, but with so many people reported during the Second World War, you know, I heard it were really bad days and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, when people going missing, transient, you know, stuff That's happening, it. not getting reported. Well, as well, it was a nation on the move as well. Yeah. So there were people moving um, over here from abroad. So you got mm. loads of people from the continent moving across, sort of to yeah. fleeing the fleeing Europe to come and hiding in in England. But also people moving from the big cities out into the countryside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was people just going missing all over the shop, you know, for right. decades. And sometimes they never even showed up. You know, there was yeah. all sorts of shit going down at this time, you know. So they cross-referenced the, de cross the details that had reports of missing persons throughout the region, but none of them could seem to match the evidence. So they never really found out. But then in 1944, a graffiti message relating to the mystery appeared on the wall in the Upper Dean Street, Birmingham, reading... Who put Bella down the witch elm? Oh! Haggling wood. Right. Wow, that's a bit of graffiti, isn't it? It is, isn't it, right? And this, this provided investigators with several new leads for tracing who the victim may have been. But other messages in the same hand appeared too. Right? So basically, it was the same message repeated all over the place in the same handwriting. Yeah. Right? Who played? Who put Bella down the witch elm? Right? Phil Schofield. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing everything else, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but since at least the 1970s, similar graffiti in the area has appeared on the Hagley Obelisk, which is like a big sort of standing stone sort of yeah. thing, out, out in the middle of nowhere. Right. It's appeared there, but it's not just there. All around this area, still, who put Bella in the witch elm? And here's his graffiti all around, constantly. Do you think people are repeating it? Or do you think one man does want to shake it up? I'm like, I'm not letting go of this. I think one person originally wanted to shake it up. Yeah, and I think yeah. since then, it's almost like a bit of a... Um, uh, it's just like a rolling thing. Of yeah, the area, yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just like one of, the, one of those things. Bella, oh. So these theories, like, because there's... Um, uh, a, a sex worker in the area sort of said, reported to the police that said that one of her mates who worked that district, right, she's yeah. a, a, a sex worker called Lou Bella, had gone Ooh. missing, she'd been missing for three years. Yeah. But worked out the time that she could have gone missing was the time when, uh, when this body was discovered. And I think, but they're not too sure that's one of the theories, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But also, it's like a second possibility came that she was. Um, uh, there's a, a woman who's um, called Una Mossop, right? And so uh, the police interviewed her in 1953, and she said that her ex-husband Jack Mossop had confessed to family members that he and a Dutchman called Van Ralt had put the woman in the tree. Uh, Mossop and Van Ralt met for a drink at the Littleton Arms, right, a pub in Hagley. Later that and later that night, Mossop said the woman became drunk and passed out while they were driving. The men put her in the hollow tree in the woods in the hope that the morning she would wake up and be frightened into seeing the error of her ways. Wow. Jack Mossop was confined to a Stafford mental hospital because he had recurring dreams of a woman staring out of him from a tree. Ooh. He died in the hospital before the body in the witch elm was found. The likelihood of this being that the correct explanation is questioned because Una Mossop did not come forward with the information until after, ten years after Jack Mossop's death. 
God, that's weird and dark. Where's Dutchman come from? You know what I mean? Well, no, well, this is. The, I mean, they looked into it, and they, this, this this Dutchman was in the area. God. But they're also thinking it could have had something to do with like espionage and spying. Mm, that's one of the things for yeah, it, right? Yeah. So another theory comes that MI5 declassified a file about Joseph Jacobs, the last man to be put to death in the Tower of London in 1941. Cool. And he was, uh, he was a German agent and he parachuted into Cambridge in 1941 but broke his ankle when he landed and was soon arrested by the Home Guard. What a shit one then. On his... On his person was found a photo purportedly of his lover, a German cabaret singer and actress named Clara Bauerl. Right? Mm -hmm. Jacob said that she was being trained as a spy and that, had he made contact, she might have been sent over to England after him. However, there's no evidence that Clara Ball was parachuted into England. So that's what I'm thinking. She was parachuted wow. in and could have just gone straight into the room, got wedged, oh, shit, yeah. and died in there. What, what about her hand being cut off, though? Well, that's the thing, you see. That doesn't explain that, does it? It doesn't work out. Um, why would Dutchman at home do it? You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they don't know, but this is the thing. These, it could these be espionage. It sounds pretty yeah. good. That, like they took the hand, did some fingerprinted some up, and came back and buried it. Yeah, it? potentially. You know what I mean? Oh, that, that's that's that sort of thing. But what I need to re sort of like rewind a little bit right, yeah, for yeah. you here. Right? <laughs> exactly. The, the way we're back machine here. Right? <laughs> what the foundry was a witch elm. Yeah, on Witchy Hill. Witchbury Hill in Hagley Wood. <gasps> Another name. Sacrificial. Well, what do you know about hands? Hand of glory. How do you make one? You, you, well, you've got yeah. to be a murderer. You take the right hand off a murdered man. Or, well, or, or, of a hung man. Of a hung man. Well, this is some of the theories, but there might be other methods of making it. Oh. This could be part of the theory. Yeah, shove a woman in a witch tree, chop her hand off at the bottom of it. Yeah. Wait a couple of moons. But the issue you have, though, right, is these people tried to investigate this for years and years and years, right? Yeah. So what we thought, well, what we need to do now is go back and investigate the skeleton, which obviously, you know, yeah. they've got all the skeleton, right? And so they thought, right, well, we can, do, we can DNA it. Ooh. So they went and they thought, right, we'll go back and we'll DNA test it, right? Went back. It's disappeared. It what? has disappeared. The skeleton has gone. What, a tree? Who <laughs> 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 take that, our kid? <laughs> There's some sickos about, isn't there? <laughs> I'd have hand, though. I'd put it on that plant machine, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just getting waving about. <laughs> We're welcome for Halloween. Wasn't it? <laughs> How's that outside at Lighthouse? <laughs> well, it was actually used, I think it was at a university hospital in the oh, area. It was right. stored at, and when they've gone to go find it, it's been got. It's been taken. It's disappeared. It's been oh, stolen. Bella's gone. So then, what they thought they need to deep dive even further. Yeah. So like if they can't get the physical evidence of that and all the stuff with mm. it, they need the police file to find where things could be and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. Right. So they thought, right, we'll go with a fine tooth comb. Go through the police file. Right. No way. Police file has disappeared. Well, that's espionage, isn't it? There's some. Uh... Well, is it espionage? Well, yeah. It's fishy. <laughs> it's, fishy. it's certainly strange. One of the theories and the reasons in the area, right, was because at that time magic was being used across the planet. Yeah. Right? Well, mainly across, well, ac across Europe, should we say. The old Crowley. 
Well, what Crowley was doing things was lots of people sort of doing trying different things. Yeah. Mainly, there was obviously you know like the Germans themselves were sort of like trying to find magical amulets yeah, and sort of items, things to try to find Proper their raiders yeah, that lost out. Yeah, they trying to find a spear of destiny, <laughs> weren't they? And <laughs> yeah, things like well. this. You know, I mean, in the true and the Grail and all sorts. Yeah. You know, there were missions going out to do this sort of thing. So one of the missions they were on, they decided. Obviously, the Germans were trying to do all this sort of stuff. But yeah. the witches and war warlocks of the UK decided to get together. And we covered this in we the have, sea. We have. There was some buttery this. pig or something. Well, no, that was a different thing. Was that? <laughs> yeah, it was a goat, wasn't it? Oh, the, yeah. Goat going in honey or something. Yeah, that's it. That was back to the top of a hill. Wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Not no. quite a buttery pig. <laughs> <laughs> what a memory I've got. <laughs> Cheese and tea. No, it's pigs and goats. <laughs> Butter and butter. I made a little cute of butter and butter. Fucking don't let me come out of your house and say, Give me what we're having. What we're having? Our roast pork loin. Oh, what's the recipe? Oh, well, you take one horse. <laughs> Find a dead badger. <laughs> so, this is Operation Cone of Power. Wow, cool. Right. Witches and warlocks. That's right, witches and warlocks. So, because in August the 1st in 1940, right, which is mm -hmm. a, a, the eve of Lammas Day, a harvest festival, one of the greatest Sabbaths in the neo-pagan religion known as Wiccan. Right? Wow. So, these, this Wiccan coven, yeah, sort of thing, yeah. they thought to themselves, well, obviously they believe in the magic. Yeah. They thought, well, what can we do to help out? So, they thought, what we're going to do is cast some fucking mega spell yeah. to, to stop Hitler. Or even to try and kill Hitler. Yeah, yeah. So all these Wiccans, what happened to the... So the British author and Wiccan Philip Heselton, who has researched Operation Cone of Power for Witchfather, his biography of Gardner and several other books, thinks 17 people took part in the Lammas Eve ritual in 1940, including members of a local family said to be descended from witches. <laughs> cool. And they were joined by several Highcliffe residents like Gardner, who met through a local um, dramaturgical group, don't know what that is, called the Rosicrucian Crotona Fellowship, mm -hmm. who had links to older esoteric groups such as the Co-Masons, a form of Freemasonry that admitted women, and the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn! Yes! Alistair Crowley's <laughs> group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Hesselton believed the group met in the New Forest, a few miles north of Highcliffe, near an ancient gallows tree called the Naked Man. Wow. And made their way by foot to the site selected for the ritual, near a woodland called Fernie Knapp Enclosure. In a forest clearing surrounded by pines, Hesselton wrote for Witchfather, they marked out a witch's circle, the stage for their magical efforts. In place of a traditional bonfire, perhaps for fear of being spotted by enemy aircraft or local air defence wardens, Smart. a flashlight or shuttered lantern may have been placed to the east of the witch's circle, in the direction of Berlin. Wow. As a focus for their magical assaults. So naked, or sky-clad, as we can say, <laughs> they began to dance in spiralling patterns around the circle, building up to the communal ecstatic state they believe can control mag magical forces. <laughs> as they danced, their chants echoed the magical formula Gardner said had been used in the earliest ceremonies against the Armada and Napoleon. Wow! A psychological assault on the mind of Adolf Hitler that they hoped would weaken his resolve to invade England. 
So what do you think of that? So well, I bet Hitler were there, like, you know, you only got a little bit of it, like, where's the Marge? Oh, I've got fucking cramp! Walk it off! Walk it off! Where is the Marge? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my fucking leg! <laughs> so, but apparently, this wasn't the only place doing it, so apparently Crowley tried it in different places. Wow. This was happening through esoteric and magical groups all oh, through the UK. Oh, that shit, oh, in it, I right? love it! But of course... If you think about it, certain certain magical sort of practices were going on, some darker than yeah, others. Exactly. So what the theory could be is that, you know, while there was these other ways, these cones of power, people doing yeah. things, all sorts of sort of like chaos magic was going yeah. on, there could have been a coven in that wood using Hardcore. a sacrifice. You could, you could ramp up to it. You're thinking, well, we haven't even got a fire. We're only giving it a bit of mild cramp. Yeah. Let's fucking bring it up. Let's yeah, go. That's it. They might say, what's the use of human witch sacrifice? Get a witch and put her in a witch tree. Well, the thing is, as well, with the Hand of Glory, it apparently had much more powers than we know of to right. their thought, their thinking. It could have been a case you sacrifice his victim, stick it in a witch tree. Yeah. You then bury the thing and come back in sort of like a hundred days later. You do this with it and do that with it. That you know, uh, and they got it, it got disturbed before the the recipe was ready. Yeah. Even that bit like she got chucked in alive and she had to yeah. die in there with her hand chopped off and it's buried. That's evil as shit, isn't it? That's yeah, gonna dark do. As fucking it is. That. That's gonna give you some power. Is that? Yeah, because as far as I'm concerned, all the other theories around it kind of don't work. Basically, whatever it, it should be eaten. You yeah, know, all yeah. the things around because they said there was no flesh on any of the bones. Yeah. Everything being stripped clean. Now, what could be argued is, well, it got all a bit flo- uh, floppy and soupy. Yeah. And the hand could perhaps something maybe like a big old crow or raven's gone in yeah. there, and dragged out the hand. And but how's it got buried? Exactly. Would, it, would, it, would an animal? Nah. I mean, if it was like that, an animal would either have just have eaten it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. animals like foxes do bury the food, yeah. so it could have got a, got a hand free and thought, here we go, I'll just bury this for later. Yeah. But I don't think so. It's too clinical, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Plus, you, your big stinking body, a, a fox would be like, well, I'll, I'll take it home. Yeah. I'm not going to bury it at the crime scene. That's I'll it. take it up. So my thinking is, it has to be two or more people were involved. Yeah. And the re- thinking behind this, you couldn't have got a human body up this tree and slotted into a, a hollowed-out tree on on your own. Oh, it's you dark, isn't it? It's like, really dark. You would that. have had to chop the hand off at some point before it was put there. So yeah, you had yeah. to, while it was still warm. Yeah. And as a result of that, I possibly think it's witchcraft. I wonder what that bloke had all them reoccurring nightmares. What did he say? Is it to teach her a lesson or to show her her ways or something? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that guy who said he was sort of claimed it for his wife, you know, said, yeah. said, he, said he'd confessed it. It could be it. just part of the coven, though, couldn't it? It could have been. It could have been Muslim and Dutchman dragging her up, yeah, lopping hand well, off. I, I, don't, I don't think they're like... I mean, think of the scenario, right? You know, you're out on town with a mate of yours, right? You're on piss a bit, right? And the girl you're with gets drunk. Now, my thinking that they said, oh, we're going to teach her a lesson, that's why we're putting there. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. If, if they did do it, I think they raped her. Yeah. They've yeah. taken advantage of why she's pissed. She starts screaming, they've given her beating up and all this sort yeah. of stuff, right? And then they've, what they've done is they've said, right, oh, Christ, we've got to get rid of the body, yeah. hide it in a tree. Yeah. What about the hand? Yeah. Don't one, work. One for later. <laughs> 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 the way for the robot to be invented so they yeah. can attach it to the arms. <laughs> but it don't work. That, that's something sacrificial, isn't it? That's something dark. Fucking yeah. occultish is that. I, I definitely think it is, you know what I mean? But for my money, 
this proves that magical practices and witchcraft were going on straight yeah. into the 1940s, 50s, into the modern era. Mm. It isn't just something that's occurring now with like people moving on a little bit from being goth. Yeah, to yeah. sort of say, oh, well, I'm actually a Wiccan as well. Yeah. It's been alive and kicking for uh, constantly all this time. Imagine seeing that coming around corners, seeing that, going for a bit of a, a moonlight hike and seeing all that shit kicking. I up. know, it's madness. I'd so, love to yeah. go to one of them. I'd dance around in my nip. We do anywhere, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Only when drunk. <laughs> I mean, clockwork slapping off your thighs. <laughs> oh, that's a good story, it's good, isn't it? Isn't that? Dark imagery with tree all you know, especially if it were up an oak tree it's still bad, but that kind of fucked up tree with all the twins yeah, and all that's it. it. You wanna see it. And she's there yeah. getting her eye fucking eaten out by a crow. <laughs> That's it, it's Ooh, nasty jazz, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, we might return to sort of like um, uh, who put Bella in the witch helmet at some point. Yeah. Do a proper deep dive into all this stuff. But to be honest, I think I've, t- I've ticked all the boxes. You have, mate. Yeah. Dance at graffiti, that's grim graffiti yeah. as well, you, isn't it? You can still see it now. The graffiti wow. is still there now, kicking about. You'll see, you go around that area, and every now and again, you'll see who put Bella in the witch helmet. Mmm, <laughs> juicy arcade. <laughs> a very good story. Yeah. Very good to see. It was off the cuff as well. That yeah. was quite eerie. We were linked two tails in together there. And they call that docking. Fuck is sake. So from the witch-riddled woods of Britain of the 1940s, I think what we need to do is, why don't we go to America? Oh, yeah. yeah let's go America, right? You know what I mean? Because there's a lovely Pencil, uh, Pennsylvania family, right? And what they had dreams of... Um, Sort of opening the game with their with the house, wanting to sort of like you know get it all sorted out and put a bit of insulation in it. Because some of these old Pennsylvania houses, it's they're, they're just made of wood. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. That's the sort of thing. It's like there's a lot of wooden houses in in in, uh, in America, and I think that's something we should sort of be looking at a little bit more here now. Let's let's obsess with bricks and concrete. Mm. You know, a few more sort of naturally sourced wooden houses. I think it works a treat. Yeah, so, I mean, the, this little outside you know outside area that you can see over there for a little cracking curve. You know, I mean, it's that's a lovely bit of yeah. bit of pine. Yeah, that's it. So it's <laughs> all right is that it, it shows it can work right so what the Bretzius family right in this area were doing they started sort of taking down the sort of inside walls and yeah. the, and inside their house Ooh. and inside they found the walls were packed full of dead animal carcasses wrapped in newspapers dating to the 1930s and 40s along with spices and other random objects uh. An expert told the family the objects were most likely used for powwowing. Wow. Ritual folk magic once practiced by the Pennsylvanian Dutch. <gasps> oh, powwowing. I thought you were going to be like some uh, um, Native American. I said that right, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> good laugh. Well hey, done. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing is there, it's... Well, powwows were that, but if you think they're in America, ah, so yeah. they might be using terminology of ritual that yeah, they used as yeah. well, you know. Ooh, Dutch. More yeah. Dutch. More Fucking Dutch, dodgy yeah. Dutch. Dodgy Dutch. Dutch oven. So- <laughs> <laughs> Your lucky wife. <laughs> the practice of powwowing had its origins in a German book called The Long Lost Friend by John George Hochman, published in 1820. Ooh. Later editions renamed it Powwows, 
after the Algonquian word for gathering of medicine men. Mm. Algonquians were Native Americans. Wow. It's a, a collection of folk remedies, recipes, spells and talismans to cure domestic ailments and rural troubles. Wowzers. The book gained notoriety in 1928 as it was found in the possession of the murderer John Blymeyer. Right. The plot thickens. Yeah. So, so they don't know who who filled the walls of the house with animal carcasses or why it was done, but the Bretzies family is still struggling with their own curse. So they've removed all these animals out of the walls, right? Yeah, yeah. They've run out of money to remove all the carcasses from the wall, right? So, and also the mould made them sick and the smell won't go away. Oh. Now think of this, right? They've dipped into this house. They found this has gone on, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They've started dragging all the animals out. They've run out of money and they've fall, fallen ill. God, he's bad uh, juju. But also, they can't get rid of the smell. These animals have been there in there all yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's been in there. So now, just by some movement of it disturbing it, they've, they've ruined it. So oh, they've, they've broken the spell or caused some sort of spell. Exactly. Like I said, the curse has gone on to them. Yeah, or yeah, it'll prevent it. it. Any so, news on the murderer? You said, well, let's have a little look at it. Oh, now. you little beauty. <laughs> In York County, Pennsylvania, there is a place called Spring Valley County Park. Before it was given that name, though, right, it was ominously known as Hex Hollow. Shit, now, as you well know, a hex cool. is a magical curse, yeah, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? Like Sleepy Hollow or sleep, you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't sound right, bright, does it? A no, hollow. that's it, you know. So in 1928, like, there was a suspected witch called Nelson Raymire, right? And he lived in the Hex House, which is Ooh. in Hex Hollow. You cool. Know? So yes, he was actually known locally as being something of a witch. Was this guy, so yeah. Sir Nelson Raymire? And of course, the house he lived in doesn't help, does it? <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw House. I know it's absolutely Whoa. mad, isn't it? Right. So there's this guy called uh, John Blymeyer, right? Yeah. Now, after a string of illnesses and bad luck, right, Blymeyer became convinced that he was labouring under a curse. He was unable to figure out the source of the curse, so turned to another local witch called Nellie Knoll, known as the Marietta River Witch. Oh, yeah! <laughs> so she confirmed his fears. She told him, yes, you have a hex on you, right? Yeah, yeah. And the person who's put this hex on you is Nelson Raymire, and this other witch who lives in the yeah. hex house, you know what I mean? But this guy had had contact with Blymire. He said he had once cured Blymire of a childhood illness using powwow magic. Oh, cool. Right? According to some accounts, it was Nellie Knoll who told Blaymire that in order to break the curse, he needed a lock of Raymire's hair, which had to be buried six feet into the ground. Then he had to burn Raymire's copy of The Long Lost Friend, mm. the spell book, right? And it was commonly employed by powwow practitioners. So, on November 26, 1928, Blaymire and a friend visited Raymire's house in search of his copy of The Long Lost Friend. <laughs> Story goes that they spent a peaceful night there, with Blymire holding back on his attack after realising that it would take more than two men to subdue the witch. So they've waited outside, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, do, you know what I mean? The next night, Blymire and his friend returned with another accomplice, and the three of them assaulted Raymire. <laughs> so they'd gone in to get the stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, they get a lock of it, yeah. it, right? But there was a struggle that lasted only about in the, a minute, they reckon. Well, that's what they said. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of people say that wasn't true. 
uh-huh. were signs of torture. <gasps> so it looks oh. like they'd got because they couldn't find his copy of Long Lost Friend and they yeah. had to burn it. So they got a lock of his hair by killing him, right? Wow. They couldn't find his witch's, uh, you know, his copy of Long Lost Friend yeah. in the house, which they had to burn. So what do you think you do? They set fire to all house. Yes! Yeah, baby, <laughs> get it on, witches! Yeah. But the saying is, right, what happened was they did an absolute great job of it. They did everything you needed to do to burn down, down a house. Yeah. The house wouldn't burn down. Ooh. And this has increased the sort of like, because it's still there now, is this house. God. Right? It increases the infamy as being a cursed house. Oh, yeah. yeah. So eventually, it was um, all three men were eventually captured, right? And the murder cast national attention on the areas. Papers all over the country, the country ran stories about the York Hex Slayers. Uh-huh. Blymer and his accomplice John Curry both received life sentences for their role in the murder, while the other accomplice, Wilbert Hess, was given a sentence of 10 to 20 years, right? And all three were eventually released without having served out their full sentences. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason that that was so is because they've used this defence. In their mm-hmm. defence, they said well, they were told they had to sort of burn down the house, they had yeah. to get in an attack, you know what I mean? They had to do this because they were told by this other malicious witch to do so. God, battling yeah. witches? Yeah, so That's one witch it. has told them they've got to kill a witch to do. But again, this is 1940s America. That's crazy, it's going on, yeah. And they're still believing it that much and knowing it. Yeah. Ugh, mummified fucking dead animals in your yeah. walls and stuff. Well, there might be another sort of mummy in a tale coming next. Is not the only murder around a hex mm-hmm. in this area. And this is the Curse of Death Valley, Albert Shinsky, and the Ringtown Valley Hex Murder of 1934. Jesus. Right. Now, Albert Shinsky was only 17 years old when he first saw um, or met Susanna Susan Mummy, the witch of Ringtown Valley. <laughs> Years earlier, Mummy had a premonition of her husband's death at the powder mill where he worked. A premonition that had come true. And ever since then, the people in and around Ringtown had regarded her with fear and awe. Now, if you think about, like, you've got a premonition because your husband works in a gunpowder factory. I'm going to say, die. yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, Shinsky later told the police how one day, while he was near her house, right, he caught this Susan Mummy, the, yeah. you know, the witch, staring at him. Uh-oh, give right. me an evil eye. From that day onwards, his life changed. He became depressed and lethargic and was utterly obsessed with the notion that Mummy had placed a hex on him. Oh, God. Right. And he said he felt invisible hands pressing down on his shoulders and that Mummy called a spirit from the sky to torment him. And he described a huge black cat with green eyes that came into his room as he slept and grew so big at times it filled the room. Oh, wow! Almost <laughs> suffocating him. Oh, that's mental. I love that. Oh, yeah, it's mad, isn't oh. it? So Shinsky couldn't rest and he couldn't escape. 
So he went to local doctors and priests, but he felt no one could help him. So the only other person he found who could help him was a local hex doctor. Mm. So on the evening of March 17, 1934, Shinsky took a shotgun loaded with a magic bullet that this hex doctor had given him. And he went to her house, pointed the gun through the window, and fired at Susan Mummy, killing her instantly. Fucking hell. When the police interrogated Shinsky about the slaying, Shinsky confessed readily, saying that the magic bullet had been the only way he could kill Mummy, and that killing her was the only way he could be free from her hex. And even the idea that he might get the electric chair for his crime, he didn't seem to phase him at all. Wow. And he just says, I'm at peace, I had to kill her. I should have seen size of that fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we said. The electric chair would be better than the suffering he's been going through. Yeah. You know? A defence fund was raised for Shinsky, who rejected the notion of pleading insanity. And as it turned out, the decision was out of his hands. Doctors who examined him returned a diagnosis of dementia precox. Uh, declared him unfit to stand trial, sending him to Fairview State Hospital for the criminally insane instead of death row. Which is, I think it's right, and he? he has gone loopy, you know, even if it's a self-proclaiming prophecy. Well, that's that it, is. it's a belief. What I like to do, that's, that's the guy, but look how peaceful he looks. Oh, look at her so house. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> witch, burn it! Give a witch house, innit? Burn you know them all! Mean? But say so what happened to Shinsky within Fairview's dark walls is uncertain, right? But he stayed there until he was until 1975. God, so he was there for 41 years. But because he was only 17 years oh, old when he was put no. in, right? So at that point, new hearing would determine Shinsky's fitness to stand trial. And it was just, it says, I was just an ignorant youth at the time that I shot that poor woman. Wow. That's what he said when he was questioned about what had happened 41 years earlier, right? It was found that it was declared to st- fit to stand trial, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think they actually went through with it, but they decided that um, he'd been through enough already. He'd been yeah, in prison for 41 yeah. years. It was a mistake as a young man. You yeah, know? yeah. But, um, and he was released. Oh, that's so he eventually died in uh, his home at Ringtown, so back in the town again yeah. you know, in 1983. Oh, that's, that's really that's sad, actually, in a way. I know he's a murderer. Yeah, but he's one of those things. He's obviously suffered from depression. Or perhaps he suffered from a curse. Mm. Oh, because that other the scene, witchcraft era magic, it seems to be running through here and actually uh-huh. having definite effects. Mm. Chaos is happening. Whenever that little can... book as well. I won't mind a read of that. Well, perhaps we need a little extract from it. Oh, gay now, Spooky dude. I'm afraid, our kid. Oh, chuffy Nora! <laughs> it is, is that it? time. It's that God, time. It's you know. Well, it's been a bumper episode as well. We've yeah. got an episode. Depends how much we have to cut out of it. I think quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot of b- 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 bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> cut my cheese bit out. That was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't now, can I? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> But what we're going to do, though, is, like I said, I'm going to keep my promise, though, that we're going to yeah. have a little look into the a strange book known as Long Lost Friend, or, as it was named, renamed, 
powwows. Wow, long lost friend. That's an odd time. Strange name, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's it. It's really, really weird, right? So, powwows, a long lost friend, is a book by John George Hockman, published in 1820. Hockman, I think it might be uh, a couple of spellings of pronunciation. Mm. It might be you know, different different ways of saying it. But he was a Pennsylvania Dutch healer, and the book is a collection of home and folk remedies as well as spells and talismans. Now, one of these talismans that is very popular is one called the Sator Square. Yeah. And this is absolutely ancient, right? The earliest discovery of it, right, was um, uh, was in Pompeii. Wow. So that's where it is, and it's a Sator Square. I'm going to show you a picture of a Sator Square now. Right. So and you like can get this. Yeah. And right, it's, you know. But it, it, is, it says Rotas Sator, and it's uh, it says... Sato Arepo Tenet Opera Rotas. Whoa. Right. And this, because of the way these letter, these words are sort of set into a square in a line, yeah. it can be read up, down, all across. Oh, yeah. And because these words link together, they think they have magical properties. Ah. And even now, you can actually get these amulets now. Yeah. And you can wear them. People wearing these Sato Square amulets all over the place now. Wow. You know what I mean? Get, get yours from Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not from Etsy because the fuckers don't half charge. I'll tell you that for free. But um, so it's it's a translation of a German original called Die Lange Verbogenfreund, Oder Getrue und Christliche Unterricht für Gendermann Enthaltend. Wunderbar und Problem. I don't know what the fuck that says. Wow. Mittelinkunst. So, uh, what is this? The long hidden friend or true. Christian instructions for everyone, compromising wonderful and well-tested remedies and arts for men as well as for livestock. All right, look so after your sheep. Yeah, that. look after yourself and your sheep. So the folk magic tradition called powwowing takes its name from the title of later editions of the book. Folklorist and novelist uh, Manly Wade Wellman <laughs> refer to the book and traditions it embodies, one of which is the book it carries and one's person it will act as a shield against bad fortune. So like all these wow. witches and, and shamans and even ordinary people might carry one as a talisman to ward off evil spirits. Crikey. You know? So the book gained some notoriety when it was found in the possession of John Blameyer, yeah. right? A Pennsylvania man who was charged with murdering a neighbour whom he believed to have put a curse on him. So the, I don't think I think that's a little wrong information. It wasn't found on his person. Yeah. They were trying to find the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they've got that wrong, right? So the contents of the book are varied. So this includes matters such as so this is a form composed as a prayer, right? A morning prayer will be spoken before starting on a journey, which will save the person from all mishaps. And this is what you say. Mm. I say it like Matt. We'll go on a journey today. I will walk upon God's way and walk where God himself did walk and our dear Lord Jesus Christ and our dearest virgin with her li dear little babe with her seven rings and her true things. O oh, thou, my Lord, dear Lord Jesus Christ, I am thine own that no dog may bite me, no wolf bite me and no murderer secretly approach me. Save me, O oh my God, from sudden death. I am in God's hands and there I will bind myself. In God's hands I am by your Lord Jesus five wounds that any gun or other arms may not do me any more harm than the virginity of our Holy Virgin Mary was injured by the favour of her beloved Jesus. After this, say three Lord's Prayers, the Ave Maria and the Articles of Faith. 
Oh, it's a bit more uh, godly than I thought. Yeah. I wanted it really dark. And yeah, like... but you've got to remember, lots of voodoo spirits and things like this yeah. do are actually based in Christian faiths, yeah, which yeah. was sometimes sort of like mixed in with other faiths as well from like the African subcontinent and stuff like that. Sure, actually, is that is yeah. it just the, like the, the way of chanting? It doesn't matter which god you're on about. It's just like the chantiness of it. Yeah, I mean, this is oh, here's another good one. You're gonna like this, Ooh. right? To make good beer. Oh yes, please. Take a handful of hops, five or six gallons of water about three tablespoonfuls of ginger, half a gallon of molasses. Filter the water, hops and ginger into a tube containing the molasses. Right? So that's what I'm well, no good beer. Into, well, a, sorry, into a tub containing the molasses. Ooh. So it's a load of sugar. It's a, yeah, it will make a big... I old. love beer. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one good for you. Uh. Cure for toothache. <laughs> <coughs> So Hochman, the author of the book, right, had cured the severest toothache more than 60 times. And with this remedy, and out of the 60 times he applied it, it failed but once ineffectively. Oh, oh, tell me, tell me. Right. Take blue vitriol and put a piece of it in the hollow tooth, yet not too much. Spit out the water that collects in the mouth and be careful to swallow none. Mm. I do not know whether it is good for teeth that are not hollow, but I should judge it will cure any kind of toothache. And you, that word again, wouldn't it? So it's just like blue cloth. Uh, no, that's taffeta you were thinking of. Oh shit! <laughs> What's that one then? Was that vitriol? Blue? The vitriol, sulfuric acid. Ah! So I think what he's doing is is probably pouring acid into the wood real quickly. And it, with one big flash of pain, it's probably burning and killing the root. Oh, and you spit it all out. You spit it all out super fast, rinse your mouth out, and you probably burn the, the root. Mm. And so you're not all oh, the nerve, should yeah, I say. Yeah. You're probably burning Makes the nerve sense, out. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. It's a well tried plaster to remove mortification. I don't know, I thought mortification was death. It yeah. might be sort of like um, take six hen's eggs and boil them in hot ashes until they are right hard. <laughs> <laughs> then take the yellow of the egg and fry them in a grill uh, in a gill uh, oh, of lard, so that's a measure of lard, Ooh. until they are quite black. Mm-hmm. Then put a handful of roux with it. I don't know what roux is. It might be a little Gangrel. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards filter it through a cloth. When this is done, add a gill of sweet oil to it. It will take most effect when the plaster for a female is prepared by a male and the plaster for a male prepared by a female. Well, I don't get yeah, what some mortification. It might be a case that that is mortification. It might be like rotting or something like oh, that. Yeah. You know, like if you've got like a... a um, Preserving uh, the body, time. No, no, I'm thinking actually it's not about death. I think what's happening, you know, like if you get like an ulcerated wound. Yeah, gangrene. Yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. I think that's what it's probably referring to, right? There's one here, it's another way to still bind thieves, and that's to stop them getting you things. Oh, this is better, get to the juices. Ye thieves, I conjure you to be obedient like Jesus Christ, who obeyed his heavenly Father unto the cross, and to stand without moving out of my sight, in the name of the Trinity. So this is sort of like you making a freeze before him. I command you by the power of God and the incarnation of Jesus Christ, not to move out of my sight. Like Jesus Christ was standing on Jordan's stormy banks to be baptised by John. And furthermore, I conjure you, horse and rider, to stand still and not to move out of my sight. Like Jesus Christ did stand when he was about to be nailed to the cross to release the Father of the Church from the bonds of hell. Ye thieves, I bind you with the same bonds with which Jesus our Lord has bound hell. And thus ye shall be bound. And the same words that bind you shall also be 
release you. Wow, wow, that power of Christ compels you. Yes. Yeah, baby. That was a good one. Yeah. You had a nice hand gesture going yeah. on. You had a bit of a claw thing going it on, did. listeners. But the issue is, obviously, that's a long thing to say when you're yeah. trying to bind a thing. So there's a fast one. Oh, yeah. There's so a fast way to flash. bind this, uh, to still bind thieves. Thou horseman and footman, you are coming under your hats. You are scattered with the blood of Jesus Christ. With his holy five wounds, thy barrel, thy gun, thy pistol are bound. Sabre, sword and knife are enchanted and bound. In the name of God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Whoa, That's nice. powerful it shit, is, isn't it? it? So Your little book. I well, like, like it. Well, I don't know how big the book is. I like the idea of it because it's going through like loads of different stuff, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like yeah. every day, can I get to a problem? Like, ah, get my little book out. Well, you know full well, I'm going to get one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get it. I can get it. And if I can get it before Halloween. Yeah. We well, can I'll do a bit of reading. Let's find it. some really dark shit in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Let's call some hexes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Conjure up crocodiles from the sea, yes. white cats from the woods, <laughs> and witches from the trees. I love it. And big fat cats in Doncaster. <laughs> but tell you what, the fish finger roast ready. Oh, beautiful timing. That, yeah. What do you want? Do you want a little bit of leg or do you want a little bit of Just wing? breast. Just pure yeah. fish breast for me, please. <laughs> fish tits coming right up. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so, until the next episode, guys, it's a bye-bye from me. It's a bigger bye-bye from Benny. See you, guys. <laughs> okay, guys. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Coles. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com on Twitter at Crackencoles or Instagram at Crackencoles pod. Ha ha!